I'm Joshua Kagi from The Christian Citizen, and this is a very special Advent-themed episode 17 of Justice, Mercy, Faith. In this episode, five members of the American Baptist Home Mission Society staff share their reflections on words of Advent as part of a larger Reader's Write series by The Christian Citizen. The entire series can be viewed on our website, christiancitizen.us. Today, Jennifer Sanborn reads her reflections on the word humble, Laura Alden on fear, Dr. Laura Mraz speaks on truth, the Reverend Dr. Eddie Cruz reflects on mercy, and finally, we hear from Reverend Katia Edwards on glory. We deeply hope you enjoy these essays and they add to your Christmas season. Jennifer L. Sanborn is Program Director of In Support of Excellence, American Baptist Home Mission Society's financial literacy program for clergy and lay leaders. Here she is with her reflection on the word humble. A work superior once suggested I cultivate greater humility, that I would accomplish more by letting others discover my gifts than by presenting them. He delivered the advice ahead of an anticipated job interview, and his words irked me. Occupationally, he had reached the pinnacle of our shared field, a position from which many leaders can securely cloak themselves in humility. I was still striving for opportunities to use my gifts, a reality requiring that I speak assuredly of my talents and experiences. I swallowed my surprise in the moment and only later reminded him that humility is a tricky posture for women to adopt. We might cater to others' comfort by downplaying our confidence, but there's a significant cost to becoming smaller for others' ease. For me, this is what it meant to be humble, to make myself less lowly, as some translations of the Mary's Song of Praise in Luke describe her. Rereading Mary's words in Luke, I see a marked contrast between how she describes herself and how the angel Gabriel refers to her. Gabriel calls her favored, one with whom the Lord is near, chosen to bring to birth a child who will establish a kingdom that will have no end, a ready and able recipient of the Holy Spirit's full power. In a culture of binary thinking, it's easy to read a set of either-or realities in Mary's song. We're humble, or we're proud and in need of being brought low. We're hungry, or we're rich and deserving of the emptiness God will bring. We're deserving of mercy and being drawn into God's circle, or we're among those to be scattered. Listening with this ear, the suggestion that I cultivate humility felt like a thinly veiled accusation of pride. And who wants that? The Annunciation invites a both-and reading, however. Mary is at once submitting to a power beyond herself, and she's claiming a kingdom incubation role. Her low place in society is an individual state of being, and it is also a social condition God intends to use to overturn the accepted order. She is the younger, inexperienced relative to the older, wiser Elizabeth, and Elizabeth reveres her as uniquely blessed among all women. In a both-and realm, my colleagues' words suggest some truth. Hiring supervisors do enjoy feeling as if they have discovered the just right person. And his words were also incomplete. What if instead he had said, I love your confidence. What are some ways you can convey in the interview your desire to continue learning and growing? 
or I have always appreciated how you shine a light on your accomplishments. Are there additional ways you want to honor the contributions of others in your story? If you too have received the humility talk, I see you. The light and life in me leaps when I see light and life in you. Be humble, yes, and be confident too. God needs your fullness in this world. Laura Alden is publisher of Judson Press at American Baptist Home Mission Societies. Here she is with her essay on the word, fear. One December, an age ago, I hid under wooden benches with other six-year-olds, arms wrapped around our heads and necks, waiting for the sirens to stop. Not that we knew what nuclear missiles could do. I was more afraid of the alligators, my sister said, lurked under my bed. Decades ahead, in another December, I stood in the cemetery, celebrating my grandfather's life with other family members. In the cold, clear light of Iowa winter, I experienced the first of these sweetly shared, but also fear-filled moments. Life's threshold is close. We blur past and present through smiles and tears of remembrance. Another decade passes, and in another December, we welcome our first son into the world. Now fear takes a hard turn. The innocence of a child's voice brings out protective instincts. I have been spared much of the harsh violence, deprivation, oppression, and ill health that is part of life, but I know that December is no respecter of persons or privileges or even good parenting. Smoke rises from another school shooting. The taste of air and water sours mouths and ruins minds. We turn on those with whom we disagree. What is God thinking to send children into such a place? December comes. And we respond to a peculiar movement of the earth, a light in the night sky, with the shepherds, the wise men and women, the parents and teachers and cooks and makers and shakers, the weak and strong, the lost and the seeking. We kneel in fields or at a manger or in a pew or at a desk, a stove, a sink, an empty lot. For a second, we gather in thin space and stopped time, waiting for a word. Beating wings surround us, even and especially if we don't believe in angels. Fear not. Dr. Laura Moraz is American Baptist Home Mission Society's Associate Executive Director of Human Resources Management Services and liaison for ABHMS Board of Directors. Here she is with her spoken essay on truth. We cannot underestimate the power of and. This simple three-letter conjunction makes a powerful difference. Grace is God's gift to humanity. Grace is an unmerited 
freely given, loving favor from our Creator to each human being. Truth, from the Greek word aletheia, means to unhide, to make open and available for all to see what was previously hidden. The word aletheia, or truth, is found 98 times in the New Testament, and 20 of those instances are in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verse 14, tells us, The Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Consider Jesus' interactions with others demonstrating the fullness of His grace and truth. Jesus healed the sick, seeing their need and having compassion for them. Similarly, Jesus brought good news to the poor and oppressed, proclaiming freedom for all. Jesus loved all people, even those chastised by society. The truth about Jesus is Jesus loves all, regardless of their human condition, of their socioeconomic political status. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus is love. It's not an either-or, but rather and. Jesus is both full of grace and truth. The Son of God, Jesus, full of grace and truth. And Jesus is truth, aletheia, making open and available for all what was previously hidden. Jesus is the good news, freely given to all. Jesus is the way and the truth, John chapter 14, verse 6. Knowing Jesus... Knowing truth is what will set us free. John chapter 8, verse 32. Jesus is the truth. Jesus personifies truth. Jesus is the source of all truth, the embodiment of truth, and therefore the reference point for evaluating all claims of truth. As Jesus' disciples, let us manifest his love for all by being ourselves full of grace and truth in our relationships. Let us manifest Jesus's grace and truth by loving our neighbors. Let us manifest Jesus's grace and truth by working to liberate the oppressed and the wrongly imprisoned. Let us manifest Jesus's grace and truth by welcoming the stranger among us. Let us manifest Jesus's grace and truth by being instruments of peace in our communities. The Reverend Dr. Eddie Cruz is American Baptist Home Mission Society's National Coordinator of Congregational Mission and Discipleship. Here he is with his reflection on the word mercy. Mercy was never in my vocabulary growing up. Running the streets of Chicago, I had to be tough and appear unafraid of everything. Mercy was not a lifestyle I was following. It was not until I had an encounter with Jesus the Christ that I understood the full weight of John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Wow. This passage describes God's abundant mercy and love. For me, 
Mercy is a compassionate treatment for those who do not deserve it or who cannot earn it. I know that I deserved condemnation. Justice demanded payment. However, the word reminded me, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Advent is a time for hearing anew the wonderful work of redemption. The overwhelming truth is realizing that God, the maker of heaven and earth, was interested in me and pursued me. I did not know it, but God had a divine appointment set up. Like the psalmist, I echoed, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. No matter the season in which you are currently walking, the redemption story never gets old. God's mercy is displayed in a child wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. Mercy matters. It matters because we all need forgiveness. Be renewed by Christ and become a miracle of mercy. The Reverend Cadia A. Edwards is American Baptist Home Mission Society's National Coordinator of Volunteer Mobilization and Disaster Response Ministries. Here she is with her reflection on the word glory. It is disheartening when you spend all your life growing up in a city that you no longer recognize at night because everything is gone. Nothing is where it used to be. These are the words of one of the many Panama City, Florida residents who continues to be affected by Hurricane Michael, which made landfall on October 10th, 2018. Last month, I traveled to Panama City and was rendered speechless by the evidence of devastation from Hurricane Michael. Gone are many of the homes, churches, schools, and business that once existed in this close-knit community. There are many homes without functioning roofs to provide shelter for residents, businesses that are no longer operational, schools without the impressionable minds of students ready to learn, and churches without people. It is difficult to be in Panama City and not see the scattered experience of its residents. As I journeyed through the city, I came across a sign in front of what was once a home. It read, To God be the glory. Truthfully, the sign seemed quite out of place. I was initially offended that someone would dare put this sign in this community, knowing that there are people who remain displaced, while many others are left financially challenged as they try to determine next steps. As I spent the last few weeks pondering the reason that I was so troubled by this sign, I realized that giving glory to God is not the usual way I respond in times of trial and tribulation. How is it that this family could give God the glory when their home was dismantled? What about their current circumstance feels glorious? Nonetheless, this family reminds sign readers that God deserves the glory despite our circumstances or feelings. This holiday season, I choose to carry the message of this sign with me. For some people, the holidays can bring about anxiety and frustration. 
For others, it is a time of grief and loneliness as they remember loved ones who are no longer here. During these times, it's easy to focus on what is going wrong rather than choosing to give God the glory. But God is deserving of our worship in all situations. I invite you this holiday to set aside moments to join me and the people of Panama City as we give God the glory. That concludes this episode of Justice, Mercy, Faith. Thank you to this week's guests, Jennifer L. Sanborn, Laura Alden, Dr. Laura Moraz, the Reverend Dr. Eddie Cruz, and the Reverend Kadia A. Edwards. Our theme music is Believable 2 by Peter Sandberg. The Christian Citizen is edited by Curtis Ramsey Lucas and is a publication of the American Baptist Home Mission Societies. The show, website, and newsletter are produced by myself, Joshua Kagi. Stories are copy edited by Hannah Estefanos. Our art director is Danny Ellison. The Christian Citizen editorial board is Dr. Jeffrey Hagre, Laura Alden, Susan Gottschall, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, the Reverend Sarah Strosel-Kagey, the Reverend Salvador Oriana, the Reverend Dr. Marilyn Turner Triplett, and the Reverend Cassandra Karkoff Williams. And our advisors are Sherilyn Crow, the Reverend Kimberly Payton Jones, the Reverend Stephen D. Martin, the Reverend Marvin A. McMickle, and the Reverend Harold Dean. To learn more about the Christian Citizen, visit our website, ChristianCitizen.us. That concludes our first full year of the Justice Mercy Faith podcast. We thank you immensely for your support as we figure out this new medium for our decades-old publication. All of us at the Christian Citizen and American Baptist Home Mission Societies wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We'll be back at it producing more episodes of Justice Mercy Faith in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening.